glory to God. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I've been uh, excited just what God's been sharing in my spirit and what God wants to do. And God's going to do some great things for those that will reach out in faith. It's going to take faith in order to see the manifestation of what God wants to do and what He desires to do in your heart and in your life. Listen, there's a lot of things God needs to do. Amen. Some of us need some physical touches. Some of us need just divine guidance from the Lord in some areas. Some of us just need a spiritual touch. Hey, I found out, though, that the spiritual touch usually takes care of the rest of it. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when God touches your heart and He touches your mind and He touches your spirit... And that spiritual joy overflows. Uh, the devil can't stop somebody that's joyful. Amen? Tell you, if you're happy, that's all that matters. I tell, you know, <laughs> the devil would love to just take your joy and sap it. Make you an old sourpuss. Amen? Not, not ever, you know, I, I mean, I've met some people, they say, I'm happy. Don't, you, don't I look happy? I said, No. <laughs> But when there's deep, deep-rooted joy, it's going to express itself. You're going to see it in the eyes. You're going to see it in the gestures. You're going to see it in the smile. You're going to see it in the tone of voices because the joy of the Lord is our strength. But, you know, faith is important. I want to quote something I heard at a faith conference I went to one time. This preacher, he made this statement. He said, no man can come to Christ by faith. And remain the same. I agree with that. Amen. Any more than he can come into contact with a 220 volt wire and remain the same. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, he was comparing the presence of God and contacting the Lord by faith to a physical thing of contacting a 220 volt. How many's ever been shocked before? Uh, if you've been shocked, extremely shocked, you're not the same. And a lot of times you, you kind of shy away from any type of wiring for a while. Amen. But listen, when we come in contact with the Lord, it's, it's our faith in Him that's going to change us. We can't change ourselves. We can't change anything about us except submit ourselves to the Lord. And by doing so, that change that happens is by faith in what He's done for us already. See, he's already paid the price. He's redeemed us. If you've heard me preach many times, which some of you have, but I'm going to say it over and over and over, and I'll repeat myself in some areas because that is the gospel. We need to understand what he did for us 2,000 years ago. It's not what he's going to do for us. It's what he's already done for us. By his stripes, we were healed. Amen? And then we can also say by his stripes, we are healed. And we can bless the Lord, oh my soul, like the psalmist David said, and, and don't forget all his benefits. My daddy one time, I've said this before, he got up and he said, excuse me just a minute, and he got over there and did a little jig and dance. He said, I just had a little benefit. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, we just have to get some benefits going, amen? But the power of faith changes the story that a person has. It changes it to glory. And there can be no positive change in life, in condition, in situation without that.
force of faith in our hearts. We have to believe. We have to believe. I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight about when faith and power meet. When faith and power meet. Listen, the power of God is available. The power of God is in this earth. I know there's a lot of evil going on, but God's power is still stronger than any power of darkness. And I believe until the day the trump of God sounds, we're still going to see victories. And we're still going to see the devil push back in, in, in areas in our lives. I'm not saying we won't see things happen in this country. If the majority of the people decide they want to go a different route, guess what? That's the way the country goes. Majority rules. Remember there were 12 spies that went into, into Canaan land to spy it out. And ten of them had an evil report. They said, we can't do it. The giants are bigger than we are. Uh, we, well, there's no way we can take this land. But Joshua and Caleb had a different report. The Bible said they had a different spirit about themselves. And they said, we're more than able to go up and conquer this land. It's just like God said. And we can do it. But because they were outvoted ten to two, guess who got the majority vote? The unbelievers. And because of the unbelievers, Israel had to suffer 40 more years and wander 40 more years in the wilderness until all of those from, what was the age, Brother Cliff, 20 and older, 21 and older, died off. Now, isn't that amazing? 40 years they died off in the wilderness, but all of those young ones coming up, except Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb didn't die off. But they, they were 40 years in the wilderness with the children of Israel. But when they came out of there, they were strong in faith. Strong in faith. In fact, God reassured and reaffirmed what he had declared to Moses when Moses died, went on to heaven, and he declared to Joshua, he said, this, I'm, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. And every place that the sole of your foot treads, it belongs to you. Just mark our territory. I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I kind of get greedy when I start marking my territory. And I think God's people ought to get greedy tonight in the right sense and say, I'm going to take what's mine spiritually. I'm going to take what's mine physically. I'm going to take what's mine biblically, what God says is mine. And I'm going to take it because God says I can. Hallelujah. But the children of Israel, they had to have faith. And they had to believe God. Now, when it comes to the promises of God, we have the Lord's guarantee that He will keep every one of them. He'll keep every promise. He'll do exactly what He said. He won't fall backwards on anything that He's ever said. God will keep His Word because God is a faithful God. We, we, we've got to get that established in our hearts tonight. God's not some hard daddy out here that wants to beat his kids. Amen? He's a loving father that wants to give everything that he's got and everything he's provided for. Amen? And that's what the, 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 his, his father spirit, that father spirit of God is there. And he loves us. Praise the Lord. But listen, we, we, have, to, we have the Lord's guarantee. We have his guarantee. I don't care what the majority of people say. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I have the Lord's guarantee. You've got the Lord's guarantee tonight. Now look at something 
in Romans, the fourth chapter, in the 20th and 21st verse, talking about Abraham. Abraham wrote most of the New Testament, by the way, the epistles that he wrote to the different churches there. But in every one of his epistles, in every one of his letters that he wrote to the church, he always encouraged them in the faith. He always encouraged them that Jesus defeated the devil 2,000 years ago. He always encouraged them that they're, they're victorious. But he was talking about Abraham in the fourth chapter of, of Romans. Romans, the fourth chapter. And it said that, talking about Abraham, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, he didn't waver. That means waffle, back and forth. One day you're on, one day you're off. You ever seen Christians like that? One day they're happy, one day they're not. One day they're saved, one day they're not. One day they're full of the Holy Ghost, one day they're not. One day they got joy, one day they don't. That, that's wavering. That's waffling back and forth. And you know what? We're not going to win the king. We're not going to win people to the kingdom of God by waffling around. Amen. We're going to have to be stable and get stable in our faith in God. He did not waver through unbelief. Now that word unbelief goes a little deeper than just not having enough faith. See, we, we, kind, of wa- we kind of waffle out of this sometimes. <laughs> uh, well, I just didn't have enough faith, Brother Clarence. No, that's not what God's asking. He, he's not asking for your faith to perform the work. God is the one that's going to perform the work. God's the one that's going to do the impossible. God's not expecting us to do the impossible. The only thing He may expect out of us sometimes, just like the children of Israel, when He said, forward march, because the Red Sea was in front of them, the army of Egypt was coming up behind them, but God knew what He was going to do. But Moses, He had to obey, the children of Israel had to obey and go forward in the name of the Lord. And as they did, the waters parted. See, they they had to go forward first. And obey. Now, all night long the wind blew and parted the seas, what the Bible says. But they had to still go forward and get up to the bank of the river and get ready to go across. Now, unbelief is a pretty stout word. When you say he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, that means really it's it's disobedient spirit. It's a rebellious spirit. Uh, now, this gets pretty strong. Now, how many has ever rebelled against God? How many has ever been in a service and rebelled against God? And that preacher's up there shouting like a Comanche Indian. You'd say, I'm just going to sit here like a wooden Indian, you know. Or, you know, uh, the, the, somebody's trying to get to encourage you to lift your hands and praise the Lord. Well, I don't feel like he don't know what I've been through today. Well, you know what you're doing? You're in unbelief. You've got a stubborn spirit operating in you, and it's unbelief. Now, that's pretty stout, but you know, sometimes we need to get slapped upside the head sometime with a word and say, look, this is where you're at. Now, but he didn't do it through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, Abraham was, in giving glory to God, giving glory to God, giving glory to God before it ever happened. 
giving glory to God before the baby was ever born. See, this is what it's in reference to. God's promised him and spoke to him and cut covenant with him and said, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed because of you. He already told them that when he came out of the, the land of idolatry that he was living in. God already gave him that promise. But nothing had happened. Nothing still hadn't happened. But now then, when he was 99 years old, here God speaks to him and says, you're going to have a baby. Or Sarah is. That would be a miracle, wouldn't it? <laughs> but, I mean, God spoke. But what happened was he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. What God promises, he's able to do it. And now look at the, in Numbers, the 23rd chapter in the 19th verse. Well, Hebrews, I'm sorry, Hebrews 6, verse 18. In the book of Hebrews, verse chapter 6, verse 18. In that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. I want to tell you something. God cannot lie. God is truth. So that means every word God speaks is truth. It's not a lie. God's not playing games with us. He speaks the truth. By two immutable things, it's impossible for God to lie that we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. And that's in Hebrews 6.18. I like what Numbers 23 verse 19 says about God. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Hallelujah. Now, that's the kind of God we're serving tonight. I want people to be able to say when Clarence Dalrymple says something, Hey, Brother Clarence said this. I believe him. He's always done what he said he would do. I, I, want, to be, I want to be faithful and committed. But listen, sometimes we may fail in our human frailty. But the thing is, God can never fail. It's impossible for God to fail, and He's not going to lie. God will not back away from one single promise He's made to His people. God won't back away from it. He'll do it. And listen, by the way, I, I was just thinking on this. You, you cannot have faith that God's going to do something for which there's no biblical promise. Hallelujah. Now, I have, a, I have a hard time with some of these, quote, so-called prophets. I believe in prophets. Don't get me wrong. I believe that there's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in the body of Christ. But I'm, when I say so-called prophets, about 99% of what they say never comes to pass. Now, something's wrong when they're prophesying, thus saith the Lord, and it didn't happen. So we need to shy away from listening to false prophets. Amen. Don't even entertain false prophets. Because they're not, they're only prophesying out of their heart many times and not what thus saith the Lord. Listen. We need to hear from God. I, I, I'll never forget this, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm 
I don't like to just refer to myself a lot of time, but there was a particular situation where some minister friends of mine were going on a missionary trip. I wasn't going on this particular trip. But so a lot of the preachers got together at one of the churches, and we were going to pray over all of the, the preachers that were going on this missionary trip. They were just flying down to Mexico. And what they were going to do was they were going to drive over to San Antonio, and there in San Antonio they was going to get a plane that someone had, a, a ministry had a plane that carried preachers into other countries and things, and they were going to catch that plane and go down into Mexico. There was about 15 of us there, you know, praying. And I think there was about five of them that were going on this particular trip with some others they were meeting up with. And we were praying, and everybody started praying over them. And now I'm not saying that it didn't sound good, but sometimes just because it sounds good doesn't make it true. <laughs> Amen? But they were all ministering, and then all, thus saith the Lord. This is going to be the best trip that you've ever had. You're going to see thousands come to the Lord, and they begin to just go off and prophesy. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, see, there's nothing wrong with that prophetic word. But something hit me in the spirit. And all of the preachers went through, and every one of them began to pray something really positive which is nothing wrong with that either. We ought to be positive as we can. But there comes a time when you, when a thus saith the Lord is not always what somebody wants to hear. And I'm sitting there, and the Lord put something in my spirit. And I said, Dear Jesus, I said, If I say what I feel, <laughs> they're going to tar and feather me and ban me from this group. But you know what? I've been preaching long enough, and I've been around men of God long enough to know you only speak what God says to speak. Don't speak what's in your heart. Speak what God says. And I said, I don't know how to tell you this without offending some of you. But I said, I just want to let you know what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I said, you're not going on the trip. What do you mean, Brother Clarence, we're not going? Well, it's all set up. Well, well, we've got our cars packed. We're ready to go to San Antonio. We're going to catch a plane there. I said, I said, I hope it works. I said, I'm just telling you what God spoke to me. No, come on. I said, there's going to be great danger if you go. And I said, you need to really seek the Lord and see if, the timing is right. I'm not saying God doesn't want you to go down there, but is the timing right for this next two days? I'm just saying what God said, said in my heart. Well, they, nobody even wanted to talk to me after that. I felt like I was isolated. <laughs> but I knew I'd obey God. Do you know what happened? They drove to San Antonio, big storms came up, and they had rain, heavy rain all the way over to San Antonio. When they got to San Antonio, they got there, and uh, the, the plane was waiting on them, and they, they said, well, we don't know. It looks like it's going to clear up as we go, and they got in the plane, and uh, it wasn't one of the big jets, so to speak, to where it could get way above the clouds, you know. This one had to be one that had to stay down a little lower and go through some of these clouds. I've been on one of those. I came from... Shreveport, Louisiana to Houston one time in a thunderstorm. My Lord. I, I, I mean, that was a, uh, 
it was back then when they didn't have all these big fancy jets that they got now that could get up above that stuff. But I mean, we we I mean, lightning looked like it was going to hit my window. You know, I, I was I was praying in the Holy Ghost, and that plane felt like it was going to rattle and come apart. But we made it, thank God. Got to Houston and the airport was flooded. My wife couldn't even get there to get me. <laughs> Had to wait. But you know. These men were in this plane, and this started happening, and they got into a storm. Finally, the pilot, he said, look, guys, he said, I'm not going to go any further. We're turning this bird around, (laughs) and we're going back home. (laughs) And they landed, and they all came home because the storms were for several days down that way. And... One of them called me, the head pat, you know, one of the head preachers there of the of the group. And he said, "Brother Clarence, would you come over to the church?" I said, "Sure." Went over there, and all of them were there, <laughs> and they apologized to me because they got mad at me. But you see, it didn't. I mean, I forgave them. I I, I forgave them when they left. You know, it didn't. Matter. I spoke what God said to speak. But it made me feel good to know that they acknowledged the fact. You know, God's concerned enough to speak to them. But listen, we need we need to just make sure we're hearing prophets of God and not just loudmouths. Amen. <laughs> God's not a man that He should lie. Now, prayer and faith our opportunities is, a, is an opportunity for God's people to demonstrate their confidence in the written Word of God, prayer and faith, in the written Word. Listen, every promise in this book is recorded for us. You can read from cover to cover in your Bible, and every promise in that Bible is yours. But it doesn't do you any good until, number one, you put some prayer behind this thing and have faith in what God said. Faith. Believe Him. Believe that God's speaking the truth. Believe that God is speaking what He said He would do. Because when God says something in the Word of God, we can have absolute faith that He'll do what we ask. See, when you pray outside of the Word, a lot of times people pray outside the Word. Listen, someone got on to me one time. They said, Brother Clarence, you don't believe in prosperity. I said, oh, yes, I do. Just try me. (laughs) I believe God wants to prosper us. I believe God wants to bless us. But that's not my goal. See, my goal isn't to be the richest man in the world. I don't don't want to get on television and have to to, uh, get my supporters to send me $60 million for a new jet next week. You know, I don't don't have to do that. And, uh, and, 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 you know, if that's what they feel God wants them to do, fine. I don't have to go build no 25,000 square foot mansion or nothing like that. And, and uh, I, I know some of them has got five of them around the world. You know that, But that, to me, that's not God's will. That's not God's plan. That's not God's will of, and God's plan of prosperity. Prosperity is letting God bless you spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially. Amen? And God wants us to be blessed so we can bless others that's less fortunate than we are. 
But I don't have to boast that I've got $50 million a year coming into my ministry. I, 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 that's not, listen, there's more to it than just being big and having a lot of money. Amen? I don't know how I got off on that, but that's okay. It's good preaching, Brother Clarence. <laughs> but when we pray outside of the Word, we cannot pray in absolute faith because we don't know what God's will is in that matter. If you're praying outside the Word, you're not getting the will of God. You've got The will of God is the Word of God. And God, whatever situation you're in, God has a Word for that situation. And you can pray according to the Word and be in the will of God and see God's will operate in your life. Look what Romans ten seventeen said. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Amen? Hearing by the Word. That's why, listen, it's not a waste of time to be here on Wednesday nights. It's not a waste of time to hear preaching and teaching from the Word of God. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I hope that something that I say will click something inside your spirit that you'll say, Wow, I knew it was there, but I never saw it. How many's ever heard but never saw it? And then all of a sudden you see it clearly and you see what God is saying. Now there's two things needed to receive from God. That's faith. Faith is confidence in something bigger than the problem. <laughs> That's what faith. faith is looking at somebody bigger than the problem is. And God's bigger than that problem. And the ability of God is bigger than any problem, sickness, or need that's in our life. God's God's power is bigger, and the ability of God is bigger. And God's resources are ours as believers. Whatever God has, it belongs to us. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We're in the family of God. Hallelujah. God doesn't have any favorites in the family. You know what God favors? Faith. That's what God favors is faith. Because you see Jesus walking around... I haven't seen so great a faith in all this in all of Israel. Why? He was praising the faith of the person in, in, in what his ability was and who he was. They recognized he was the Son of God. And so God's resources are ours. Now Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I like the King James Version, but sometimes... Some of the other versions will expand on it. doesn't do away with what it's saying. I know some people think that Jesus spoke King James, but he didn't. He spoke Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> Amen. But the Amplified Version states it this way. Faith perceives and sees as real fact what's not yet revealed to the sense knowledge. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith sees beyond the natural. See, faith sees beyond what the situation is. Faith sees beyond the pain or the agony that you're in. Faith sees beyond that. And so we can perceive by faith and see what God's saying. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. And, and the evidence. Now hope is the goal setter. Hope is anticipation. Hope is that 
thing that you're wanting, you're desiring. That's the hope that we have as believers. How many knows we have the hope of the rapture of the church? That's a hope of, that's in the body of Christ, that we, we have that eternal hope in us. And thank God it's a blessed hope, is what the Bible says. It hasn't happened yet, but it's that blessed hope that we have, that anticipation. And yet in our hearts, we believe it is real fact, even though we haven't experienced it yet. Amen? One day we're going to experience it. So hope is a goal-setter. And faith brings substance to our hope. Faith brings substance to your expectations. Faith brings substance to what you're believing for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith and power. Now it says, let's see what power is. Creative power in the beginning of time. How he remembers when God created this earth. He said, let there be and there was and boom, there was. You know, it boggles my mind. I cannot. Now, there's some people that studied the creation and the creation theory and all of the creation stuff, you know, out there. And, I mean, they know it. They know the historical stuff. They know the scientific stuff. Listen, God works with science. Amen? If he didn't, nobody would ever go to a doctor. Because medical doctors are working with the knowledge of God in their minds and in their hearts. Everything they have, God gave to them. God gave to them. Now, creative power in the beginning of time. Protective power of the children of Israel in the wilderness. God protected them supernaturally. That's, that's a supernatural thing of God. Uh, the power to restore Job, all he had lost. Job lost everything he had all in one day. I mean, just a few hours' time, just like that, boom, boom, boom. Everything he had, his children, houses, land, everything he owned was totally gone. But you know what? God, but God, restored everything that he lost and returned it to him sevenfold. Hallelujah. God's good, isn't he? Now, the power of God that caused the walls of Jericho to fall flat. That's that's quite a feat. Thick walls. I, I think they were like, I don't know, 24 feet or deeper, you know, thicker. Uh, they, they they were big enough to have chariot races on. And it was they had a big uh, hollow space in between the two walls, making it impossible to be to penetrate that city. That was what it was noted for. But God sent the children of Israel out there with no arm and no no weapons, no nothing, just just, uh, just obey God, march around the city, do it one time a day. On the seventh day, do it seven times. On that final day, give out a shout of triumph, and those walls came tumbling down. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But you've got to understand, see, when Joshua got ready to do this, he saw an angel of the Lord on top of the mountain up there because Joshua was kind of questioning the Lord on this, you know. Uh, hey, there's nothing wrong with questions. I mean, God will answer them. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with questions. But he, was, he, he saw the angel and said, You with us or are you against us? And the angel of the Lord said, I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts is who I am. <laughs> take off your shoe. He didn't tell him to take off his shoes, but just take off his shoe. And then he gave him instructions. And this is what the Lord told him in Joshua, the sixth chapter. He said, See, I have given this city... And all of the mighty men of valor 
and all of the contents of this city into your hands. See, I have given. Now, that word, see, I have given, in the, it, it, I, I'm not a real good English scholar, but uh, it's, it's past, present, perfect tense is what it means. See, I have given. In other words, even though the walls were still standing, the people were still there, the enemy was still present, God said, I have given it into your hands. See, victory in God's mind is already done. When Jesus defeated the devil 2,000 years ago, and he took his blood and presented it on the mercy seat of the Lord in heaven, that was the final blow to the devil. There's power, wonder-working power in the blood. And that blood being accepted and putting the devil on the run for eternity, I want to tell you something, it's real. But that's where the devil was defeated. God has delivered us. God has healed us. God has set us free. God has saved us. It's already done. See, I have given it. Past, present, perfect tense. So for you to say that I'm healed and you still hurt doesn't mean you're lying. Amen? Y'all still with me? I mean, when you speak the Word of God, you're not lying. You're speaking the truth of God, and the truth shall make you free. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. We're free indeed because of the truth. But see, Joshua, I have given it. See, and you put your name there, Brother Clarence. (laughs) I have given it to you. I have made this possible. It's yours. The only thing you got to do is just praise me. See, God didn't even, he didn't even tell them to take their weapons up and go take after them. No. He just said go around the walls and give a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. And on that seventh time around, they shouted, and the Bible said the walls fell flat. Hallelujah. And don't you know, word got around that whole vicinity and that whole area of what God was doing for the children of Israel. The God that they feared was working on their behalf. Amen? The power of God caused the walls to fall. The power of God to deliver and protect three Hebrew children in a fiery furnace. That's the power of God. And listen, the king said, heat it seven times hotter. He did. It should have killed them. But when they looked down there, all the bonds were broken off. I want to tell you something. Sometimes the trial you're in, what it's going to do is just going to burn away all the things that kept you in bondage. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they were down there walking and praising God. He said, didn't we throw three in there? And they said, yeah, but they said there's four of them there. And that fourth one is likened unto the Son of Man, the Son of God. Jesus was there with them. Why? Because the power of God's real. The power of God is real. The power of God's ability to destroy this world and create a new heaven and a new earth to appear, it's going to happen one day because God's Word declares it. I believe the Word of God this, this evening. Amen? So, faith and power. See, when faith and power meet, listen, the power of God is out here. The power of God is available. God's power is 
to every person, every human being, every person, especially every believer. The power of God is available. But it takes that other element, faith, to see something happen. My daddy one time, he was a truck truck driver, and he had to haul some dynamite. <laughs> My daddy, he was kind of skittish of dynamite. But he did tell me this. He said, what they do, they put the dynamite, uh, you know, the stick filled with nitroglycerin and, and all the powder. They put that off to one side. They pack it good. But then the detonator or the blasting cap is never put in the same box. They just don't do that. And so my dad said, I felt safe after they showed me how safe I could be. <laughs> of course, he didn't take that job. He was glad God called him to preach after that. <laughs> but together, the stick of dynamite filled with nitroglycerin, powder, together, that stick and the detonator or the cap, together, these combine to be a powerful explosive and can do much destruction and pull down buildings because of the destructive power. Power is the ability to do something. And Jesus said to them, uh, well, to the, young, to the father that came to him, you know, he said, the, the devil's attacking my son and cast him into the fire and doing all of these things to him. And Jesus and he said, Lord, if you will, you can make him whole. If you will. Listen, how many of us today know God's able to do all things? Every one of us do. I, 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 don't, I, I don't care if somebody doesn't believe just like I believe and not full of the Holy Ghost like we are or whatever, you know. If they all believe God's able to do anything. And this is what this man came to Jesus and he said, if you will, you can make him whole. You know what the Lord did? He turned around and said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. If you can believe. I had a young preacher one time that I was mentoring a little bit. And he, he was just zealous. I mean, he was zealous for God. <laughs> I mean, you know... Uh, of course, I was zealous one time like that too, but you know, I had some good men of God that kept me in line. <laughs> and I let him preach one night, and he had this lady come up, and, and she had some real thick glasses, and, and he got those glasses. He said, you believe God can heal you? Why, yes. He said, do you really? He put them down on the ground. He got his foot up. He said, do you really believe God can heal you? I knew what he was getting ready to do. He was really getting ready to stamp, stomp on those glasses and break them to smithereens, you know. I rushed up there and got his leg. I said, oh, no, 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 no. Why? If she believed? I said, no, no. You're trying to force her to believe. You don't force anybody to believe. You preach it enough to where they want to believe. I said, but we're not going to have you breaking up somebody's glasses and and breaking crutches and and uh, destroying wheelchairs. How many of you understand what I'm saying? 
Now listen, I saw Jack Cole. It's a wonder he, well, he did get arrested one time for practicing medicine without a license <laughs> down in Florida. But I saw, listen, this little seven-year-old sitting on the front row at Dallas Revival Center when Jack Cole was preaching over there at his church. And I mean, I saw things happen. I literally saw a cancer on the side of a man's face. Jack Cole just got it and just ripped it off. And there was a big hole there, but immediately God just made it come back, and it was perfect skin. Now, you think a seven-year-old, that's impressive. Amen? No, I didn't go back to my little garage and have church and have those guys that had a mole on their face or something and kind of yank it off or nothing. I didn't do that. (laughs) But that was impressive. I mean, I saw a man had a big old tumor. He just hauled off and just buried his fist in his stomach. And the guy's pants, they had to pull his pants up, you know. God healed him. Miracles took place. I mean, there were crutches all over the place. There were wheelchairs hanging up all over the walls. We saw this. My mother, bless her little heart, I'll tell you, my mama, she she loved the Lord. But she just wasn't as uh, proactive <laughs> and some uh, some of her faith uh, antics and stuff, you know. But she had a big garter in her throat. And she decided she was going to let Brother Cole pray for her. And she got in the prayer line. And I don't know how many people's in that prayer line. She was way back there in the back, three quarters of the way back. And she was watching, and she was looking around, and she was seeing him. He kept hitting people in the stomach. And he was slapping out uh, crutches from people. And he, he was, uh, I mean, he was getting wild. My mother, I could see her. Her eyes were just flittering back and forth. She was trying to get away off that prayer ramp, but there was no exit. She was trapped. <laughs> and so the crowd kept moving forward. And she got, and finally she come right up in front of Brother Jack Cole. Because I had a front row seat. We, we, we were privy to front row seats back there because my dad knew Brother Cohen preached for him in some afternoon sessions and stuff. And, and we were sitting there, and, and my mother got up in front of him, and, and he said, One of you ladies got one of those compact mirrors? And they said, Well, yeah. And he brought it up. He said, Open it up for her. He said, Now, lady, I want you to just stretch your neck like you do every morning in the mirror and look at that thing. And she, she said, She stretched it. She said, like, she said, yeah. He said, stretch it like you do every morning. You do this every morning, don't you? She said, yes, sir. And we were out there nodding. Uh-huh, we know she does. He got the compact mirror, slammed it put, and he looked at her. My mother flinched, and she kind of braced herself. She didn't know if she was going to get slapped down or not, you know. He said, now, lady, swallow that thing in the name of Jesus. And she swallowed it, and it disappeared just like that. God healed her. Hallelujah. Instantaneous. Instantly. But she had to put herself in a position to believe. (laughs) Amen? But God did it. (laughs) But when faith and power mix together, you're going to get a miracle. Jesus' words are spirit and life. His words expel all the natural things that the devil brings. 
His Word is powerful tonight. Did you know the Word of God coming out of your mouth will cause peace to bring a hush over people that's bickering and arguing? Just the Word coming forth with power and anointing. The words of God will expel all. His words bring in that which is divine. The words of Jesus bring in the divine power of God, the divine nature of God, the very divine personality of God in our lives. Remember the little woman with the issue of blood? She had a flow of blood for over 12 years and suffered many things from many physicians. Now, she was trying. She was trying to get well. She was trying to get this thing taken care of, but nothing was happening. How many's ever, anybody ever been in that place? It just seems like nothing's happening. I mean, they can't find the remedy. They can't find the cure. They can't find what's necessary. And this is where she was. But she heard of Jesus coming. And she said, if I can just press through and touch the hem of his garment. Now, the hem of Jesus' garment was very necessary. The hem around Jesus' garment, it had these... uh, frills or things on there that it it identified him as a priest, a teacher, rabbi. And the people were thronging him, and she knew that that robe symbolized a representative from God. And she said, if I can just press through and touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. The Bible said she pressed through. She wasn't going to make a big ado out of it. She just touched the hem of his garment. But Jesus immediately felt virtue flow. See, when faith and power contact, miracles take place. And she was made whole. And Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? And, of course, the disciples said, what do you mean who touched you? Oh, look at all these people around you. They're throwing around you. Oh, no, this is different. I felt virtue flow from me. She made a demand on the ability of God. She made a demand on the power of God. She made a demand on that healing virtue that was in Christ. And she made that demand and said, if I can just press through and touch him, I'll be made whole. And when faith and power meet, guess what? Miracles take place. Amen? See, once faith reaches out and touches God, you'll never be the same. I remember my uncle, he was in the voice of healing during the Voice of Healing days and tent revivals. And he had a tent. If he put the whole tent up, it's probably seat 1,000, 1,500 or more. And it was packed. I mean, God just blessed his ministry. He had his own healing line at the Voice of Healing conferences that they had annually. And he was one that had his own healing line there for people to come and be prayed for. His name was Herbert Leonard. Herbert Leonard was a great man of God. He was a great influence on my father. It wasn't for him. I mean, I mean, he went after my daddy in love. I mean, he just really loved on my daddy in the Lord. And my daddy came to the Lord. And he was a great, great, great teacher and a mentor to him. But I remember going to some of those meetings as a kid. I'll I tell you, to see things happen like they happened. There was one woman that had a double curvature spine. And you could tell she was in misery and pain. And the Spirit of God moved in that service that night. My, my uncle was so gentle. I mean, 
he was one of these kind that slapped people up the head and knocked them on the floor. You know, he, he, he was very gentle with people. He just real gentle in the way he ministered to them. And as he just ministered to this lady with the double curvature spine, he just began to encourage her. Lift your hands. Just begin to worship the Lord. Just praise God. And she did, and God instantly healed her. I mean, she went out of there shouting, praise God. Yeah, she wasn't going to keep quiet about it. There's another little lady there. He used to have some of them come up around the front, and she had a little withered hand. Couldn't open it up. And he just zeroed in on her one night from the platform, and he said, ma'am, he said, just begin to praise the Lord. He just began to encourage her just to worship God. God loved her. He just, just worship the Lord. Let, let God's presence just fill you tonight. And he just began to encourage her to do that. And, and all of a sudden, I was sitting there. I was, I was there, like I said, I always got front row seats, you know. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I, all of a sudden, her hand went up, the good hand. And she was just praising the Lord, tears streaming down her face. Then all of a sudden, we saw that little hand go up. And right there, she got it up. And she was lifting it to the My uncle was encouraging her all the time just to praise the Lord. And all of a sudden, she just moved those hands, and they went straight out like that. And she was totally, instantly healed by the power of God. Hallelujah. When faith and power meet, something's going to take place. Amen? Jesus Christ, in Hebrews 13, verse 8, says He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's time that we get our six of dynamite and the caps together. Amen. It's time we put it all together and let God's power manifest. Let God's power manifest. I tell you what, it may start in your house first. It may start when you just get up in the mornings and just start worshiping the Lord and praising God. Just letting His presence fill the room. I love my early mornings to get up and praise and worship the Lord. I used to before Pat and I got married, I, I would stay with some friends of ours in Houston. I'd fly down to Houston. I'd be there for four months in that area, and and, uh, and I'd stay there. They'd go they'd go to work at 5.30 in the morning, and they'd leave the house no later than 5.45. I'd be in my bed. I was awake already, and I'd just wait for them to hear that garage door open and the garage door come down and them go. And I'd get in there. Before I'd have breakfast or anything, I'd just get in there and get on the piano they had in their living room, and I'd just start worshiping the Lord, you know, just start praising God. The presence of God just filled that room, and the glory of the Lord just come in that place. I, I tell you, God began to minister to me, give me revelation on some things and some things that I needed, but the presence of God was real. This is what we're going to have to do. We're, we're going to have to just start saying, Lord, I'm going to get in your presence. We, see, faith and power has got to meet. And you've got, to, you've got to connect with the power of God, which is through Jesus Christ. You've got to get connected to Him. Now, I know you're saved. I know you're filled with the Holy Ghost. But we still got to get connected in that worship and praise and that spirit of worship as we worship the Lord and let God's miraculous power take place. Things will happen in your house. Things will happen with your kids. Things will happen with your neighbors. <laughs> Things will happen with your animals. Praise God. I mean, God, listen, when you get the power of God moving, everything will be touched. Because God's God. And He loves us. Thank God. Nothing's impossible with the Lord. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. Faith and power is going to collide together. And I'll tell you what, we're going to see more. I want to hear testimonies. I don't have to lay hands on you. 
I'd, I'd count it a privilege to be able to lay hands on you and, and see the miracle. But if I don't, it doesn't matter. As long as God heals and God delivers and God sets free and does a miracle, I, it doesn't matter. I, I, I'm ready to hear some testimonies coming. Hey, my husband and I got up this morning. We just started worshiping the Lord and a miracle took place in my body. Hallelujah. Because we're the body of Christ. Faith and power. When it meets, it collides, good things are going to take place. Amen? Lift your hands and just thank the Lord tonight. Amen. Just thank God for, for what we do have in the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Let's sing that chorus we sang earlier before we leave tonight. Oh, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God for deliverance. Have faith in God. Sing it to the Lord. Just claim it now. Oh, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God for deliverance. Have faith, faith in God. Could you lift your hands and just thank Him tonight for the miracle that you need? Maybe for miracles that you need. Father, we just thank You that Your Word prevails. <laughs> Lord, that healing virtue flows from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. We receive healing in our joints, in our muscles. Lord, in our backs, in our spine. Father, we just thank You, Father. Lord, through every blood vessel, every blood vein, just let Your healing power flow tonight. Touch every organ of our body, Lord. Let it be pure. Let it be whole. Lord, we receive it in Jesus' name. And we just give You glory for it. And just praise you and just thank you for it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I believe that we're going to hear testimonies. Amen? I believe we're going to hear testimonies. So when you get your testimony, you say, Brother Clarence, I need five minutes. <laughs> and if you really get anointed, I may let you have ten. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't God good, though? Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Kruger, could you dismiss us tonight in the Lord?